0: So, you know, if you're working with clients that like they know what to eat, they got your protocol, they know what they're supposed to be doing, but they don't do it. (laughs) Why? You know, they're like trying to use the willpower and they most often have this self-limiting belief that's totally unconscious that is preventing them from achieving their goals. So doing Psych K was one of the big breakthroughs for me to believe that I could run a successful health coaching practice and actually make money doing it. Because <laughs> up until then, I was just in that mode that I think a lot of us get into of imposter syndrome, you know, just thinking I'm not well enough. I'm not beautiful enough. I, you know, haven't had enough experience, so I, I can't do this. Um, but through psyche process, I was able to break through that.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. We bring you interviews from people who have conquered the trickiest of health challenges using the functional diagnostic nutrition philosophy and similar healing modalities. You're gonna hear from experts who have been through the ringer with their health issues and yet managed to come out on the other side. If you're interested in natural healing and or functional medicine, congrats, you are in the right place. You can always visit us at functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com but for now, here is today's episode. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. My name is Evan Transu, aka Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. And we're talking to someone who I have heard about many times in my five years at FDN. Her name's Ginny Miller. And I really can't stress enough that that's actually a pretty important thing to note, because there are thousands of FDNs running around. It's not like we all live in the same place. There's FDNs in 50 countries around the world. So to hear someone's name brought up consistently, always in a positive and very impressive light, it makes you interested. And I was thinking about where we want to take the podcast, the next guests to have on, and we have a bunch of people that help out with that. But, of course, I have some ability to reach out to people myself and just get it figured out. And I'm like, you know what? I want to talk to Jenny Miller. I've heard of her a million times. Let's figure out what she's all about. And this woman did not disappoint. She has a really extensive background in terms of the education that she's done for these types of things. Yes, she is a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, but she's also done many other things. One of the main topics we're actually going to hone in on today is something called psych K. I had not heard about that before, but this is something to do with overcoming limiting beliefs, really addressing the subconscious mind. I am fascinated by that subject. And even if you're not fascinated by that, the bottom line is it is a modality meant to assist people with their limiting beliefs, with the trauma that they've dealt with, with, with uh, that subconscious stuff, that stuff that's deeply rooted in the back of their mind that could be preventing them from healing. Now, to be clear, and this is what I really love about Ginny some people take it too far one way or the other. I was in a boat at one point where I took it kind of too far to the functional side. And I figured, well, if I just focus on the biology, I could always figure this out. And that's probably not completely true. Similarly, I think it's wonderful if we could just elevate our mindset so high that none of the biological stuff really matters. And when I say none of the biological stuff matters, I should word that better. What I really mean is that none of the in a sense, lifestyle stuff really does matter for optimizing our biology. So to be clear, the biology is always an aspect, but one camp kind of falls into, we need the functional lab testing always, and we need these diets to get the biology perfect, and that's all we need to do. We certainly don't believe that just at FDN, but that is what some camps believe. And then there's the other side where they think, All of this is irrelevant, and this is a less common camp, but I've seen it, where they just believe, you know, you get rid of those traumas, you really get that mindset down, and you can do just about anything. Now, I will be honest, as someone who's very into mindset work and elevating our consciousness, I have some shred of belief that that just might be possible. But it's almost irrelevant, because since I don't see many people doing this, if any people doing this... I would imagine that the mindset work that needs to be done to achieve that is probably something in the area of like meditating for 20 years straight uh, straight or 30 years straight like some of these monks do. And surely those Buddhist monks do live incredibly long lives. They are able to predict their deaths. Uh, If you don't know about this, this is actually a real thing, by the way. There's actually very large amounts of Buddhist monks, uh, traditional monks, who they're able to basically say, hey, like this is when I'm going to pass. It's going to be this date and time. It's not a prediction so much as they have such good control over their body that they can tell their time is coming and they'll be able to more or less shut it off at that time. Again, I know that sounds wacky if you've never heard of it, but look it up. This is very well documented. It's pretty interesting. My point is, I believe that there is a category of people out there who have figured that out and that's fantastic. That's wonderful. But the point is this. How many of us in today's world have the desire, let alone the ability, to go do something like that for 20 or 30 years? And if that is what is necessary to achieve something like that, I think we got to meet in the middle, right? (laughs) We probably have to do something that includes some of the functional lab testing, some of the mindset stuff, some of the lifestyle work. And Jenny is a wonderful combination of all of those things. She's even someone who probably leans more towards that second camp I mentioned before, not in a dogmatic sense, but in the sense that that was really the thing she needed to hone in on to get her her, uh, health under control. So I want to give her background really quick. Quick. I'm not going to talk so much about the educational stuff. We mentioned that uh, pretty well in the podcast, and that'll also be in the description of this podcast if you want to check it out. But her background health-wise is this. She practiced as a registered dental hygienist for over 20 years until she had a health crisis in 2012. She left the profession to embark on a profound healing journey to restore her balance and vitality. She had the now so common bucket of symptoms known as mystery illness. Many people on this show kind of deal with this. And eventually, Jenny was given a variety of diagnostic labels, including Crohn's disease, Lyme disease, mold illness, and breast implant illness. She no longer believes that those labels are useful. Through changes in diet and lifestyle, significant detoxification protocols, along with emotional and energetic balancing modalities, she was able to successfully reverse the debilitating symptoms and now is living a joyful, vibrant life. Ginny is a proud mom of four adult children and lives with her husband in the beautiful Monterey Bay area of California. She loves to continually study and train in cutting-edge holistic health discoveries and modalities in order to better serve her clients. I think you guys are gonna really love this episode, and if you happen to see the video version of this once it is out, the audio is always out before the video to be clear, her The way this woman looks is just a testament to what she's doing, because you'll be able to tell by the stories that she gives and the age of her children and stuff, um, what age she is, roughly speaking, and this woman looks nothing like that. So I think she knows what she's talking about, and when I see someone with the tangible results, my ears perk up a little bit, and I really start to listen. I encourage you to do the same. Without further ado, let us get to the episode. Alright, hello Jenny, thanks so much for being here with us today.
0: Hi, Evan. It's great to be here.
1: Yeah, it's great to be talking to you. You're one of those people that I mentioned uh, this to you when I reached out on Facebook. You're one of those people that I've heard your name many different times, uh, always in great ways throughout my five years at FDN. And I think it's funny Mm -hmm. because there's thousands of graduates. There are still people I'm meeting to this day that have been involved for 10 years, and I've never heard of them. They've never heard of me. So it's cool that the community is that large. But there's other people that just come up consistently and you hear about them. And so I'm excited to hear about what you're working on and what you've learned as the title already implies, for those that are clicking on this podcast, this is going to go a bit of a different route. And I think that's the most fun part about our community as FDNs. Yes, a lot of us have this core system. It's something that helped many of us. But we all have our different specialties and topics we're obsessed with or other things that we learn. Um, many people know me as like the light guy. I love different things with artificial lighting and talking about that and just natural light Uh, But that's not really in the main FDN course, you know, so we got to add other things in and that's cool. But to get started today, before I get too ahead of myself, I want to start where we always do on this podcast. And I want to know what did your health symptoms look like and when did they start? Like, what did that look like for Jenny?
0: Yeah, well, (laughs) sometimes it's hard to put into a nutshell (laughs) because it went off in different directions. But um, I would say when I when I take a look at why someone is where they are I look at their whole life and so I've done that with myself starting with um, you know how I was born <laughs> uh, very young parents 18 years old both my parents when they had me um, so you know doing the best they could but didn't have a lot of experience with raising a child and when I was one years old my father threw a ball at me a big ball <laughs> and I tried to catch it, and I rolled over and broke my leg at one years old and had a cast on for, I don't know, months or something. By the time they took that off, I was limping, and later as a teenager uh, found out I had scoliosis, which we think maybe was related to that that injury. But it was also an emotional trauma, Um, and I believe that all the traumas that we have in our life do Kind of add up to affecting what's going on in our energy field and our physical body. So I had my share of those. Um, as a teenager, I always had really bad periods. I had acne. Then they put me on um, all kinds of antibiotics for years and even um, some steroids, things like that. Uh, so that was not a good start for my microbiome. Um, I did get married, had kids, but ended up in a kind of emotional, painful divorce that I think was another big hit to my immune system. Um, Then as I got closer to, uh, you know, menopause, found out that years of being on birth control pills had led to growing a very large uterine fibroid, like one of the largest my doctor had ever seen. Um, so I went through some different procedures for that. One of them ended up with a traumatic injury, um, accidental injury that happened during the surgery where they burned my leg. Um, it was a special type of surgery that needed grounding pads on my thighs. And one of the grounding uh, pads failed, <laughs> manufacturer failure. And so I woke up with second to third degree burns across one thigh from this surgery. So another traumatic event. Um, And I had breast implants for over 20 years, which was, you know, just leaking and causing all kinds of toxicity. Uh, So by the time I was 50, I was a dental hygienist. I'd been a hygienist for over 20 years. And all of a sudden, all these little things that had been nagging and I'd been trying to deal with, you know, masking the symptom type thing, they just like the dam broke. Um, In retrospect, I know now that we had started construction on an addition in our older home. And so I suspect that there was also some toxicity from that, maybe even mold coming out. So kind of the perfect storm, you know um and my kids my younger kids had just left for college and i think my body kind of just said okay you know you've been pushing through all this stuff for so long your kids are gone you're still working as a dental hygienist you don't like it and if you don't quit i'm just taking you out so one weekend i just i felt like i had a really really bad flu i mean just everything hurt digestively, I was like so constipated. I don't think I'd gone for like a week. And um, I think it was one of my younger sisters learned about the GAPS diet at that point. And so I was just in bed in pain. She came over and made me a big thing of chicken broth. And I think at that time I was trying to go vegan and it wasn't working. (laughs) So she gave me this chicken broth. She says, don't eat anything. Just have the chicken broth. And so after a couple of days of that, I could get out of bed. I was starting to feel better. Um, And that was kind of like the start of, okay, maybe I need to change my diet and start looking at some things. Um, But I was still in a victim mentality at that point. I was feeling like, woe is me. Why do I have all these things? What's wrong with me? Is it my genes? And I did, um, I wanted a diagnosis just to validate that, you know, it wasn't all in my head. I wasn't crazy. I wasn't lazy. I have a wonderful husband, but he was looking at me like, you know, you don't look that sick. <laughs> Why can't you go back to work? So I started doing the hopping around to different specialists, you know, the GI doctor, and I was having neurological issues. so I was going to neurologist and went up to Stanford. Um, I was convinced I had, you know, either celiac or Crohn's. And they kept looking at me and going, no, you're not fitting all the little diagnostic ticks that we need to put you in that box. But I was pushing and pushing for a diagnosis so that I had a reason to say, see, I can't go back to work because I have this thing. (laughs) And I was so sick, I was even thinking I need disability, like permanent disability, So eventually, I saw a doctor at Stanford that had me swallow one of those pill cams because I'd already been scoped. I'd done the colonoscopy and the endoscopy, and they couldn't find anything. But once I swallowed the pill cam, and this doctor was like 80 years old, still working, and he took the time to go through like eight hours of footage going down my whole intestinal tract. And he found it right in the middle of my small intestine, these ulcerations. And he sent me the photos and he circled me. He goes, you have Crohn's disease. And I'm like, well, I went to a Crohn's specialist and she didn't think I did because I didn't have diarrhea. And he said, no, this is Crohn's. And we're going to start you on entry level medication. And I didn't like the idea of medication, but I was so desperate. I was like, okay, I'll do anything. So I I buy this stuff. It was like out of pocket $400 for a month's worth of this stuff. And I took it for two weeks. I can't remember what it was, but it made me sicker than ever. Evan, I was on the floor in pain, crying. And I think it was that moment that I just, I looked up and I said, I'm not going to any more doctors. They're just making me all the tests that they had me do were making me worse. You know, I had MRIs that were filling my body with all kinds of toxic crap. I ate radiated toast one time to see what was going on. (laughs) And I was just getting worse and worse and worse. So I, at that moment, that was to end of 2012, I said, I'm going to find a holistic way. And I do not want to live in pain for the rest of my life. I have too much I want to do. I want to be a good wife, a good mother. And so I started exploring things, and it was Sean Croxton. I think a lot of people got turned on to FDN from Sean Croxton's underground wellness show. And he had Reed Davis on, and I was like, cool, because I already had a science background, and I wanted to look at the root causes, and I liked the idea of you know these other kinds of tests. So I enrolled in FDN, like a lot of us, to heal myself and started learning about, you know, all these things I had done over the years that had messed up my microbiome, you know, when all kinds of parasites, SIBO, you name it. <laughs> and then went down all kinds of rabbit holes, MTHFR, um, probably on the spectrum of EDS, pyroluria. I mean, I investigate all these things, but I was still kind of in that victim mentality, even though it was empowering to know that there was a reason why I was so messed up, it still was kind of like, oh, poor me. (laughs) I'm kind of, I got the bad genes. So I'm kind of destined to have issues. I'm going to be a highly sensitive person my whole life. And my, my life will be about healing myself. I didn't really at that point Foresee myself creating a life where I could travel or have a vibrant wellness business. I just felt like, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a sick person. <laughs> um, but slowly, as I got better through FDN, um, you know, I had more mental capacity because the brain fog had gotten really bad. Um, so I started seeing some clients, and after about a couple of years of doing FDN, very slowly, I started feeling like, okay, you know, I, I think I'm out of the woods. And then we had a roof leak. And we had, to turns out, hidden mold in our dining room. And I didn't realize it, but I had gone down to Las Vegas, was feeling really good there, dry climate, came back home after everything had kind of dried up in the dining room. But every time I walked in the dining room, bam, I get hit with like dizziness and nausea and just feeling like I got hit with a truck. I'm like, what the hell? You know, I thought it was better. What's going on? And it was a friend who said, you know, in our area, I live in Monterey, California, very moist environment. There's a lot of hidden mold. You don't know where you see it. You don't know you smell it. And we had um, a mold inspector come in and do an ERMI test, which is the way mold doctors like you to screen your house. And yeah, high mold. Um, And I am sensitive to that too. So I had to do a whole mold healing protocol, Um, but learned a lot through that and made a lot of friends (laughs) in that mold environment and started to specialize in helping people with mold illness. Um, but as I started working with those kind of people that are really sick, and then when you get on the Facebook support groups, oh my gosh, talk about victim mentality again. It's like, you know, I've got this house, I can't remediate it. Do I give away all my stuff? People are in severe fight or flight mode when they're dealing with mold. So uh, my colleagues and I, we started going, okay, so what else? What, what's the missing pieces here? Um, And that's when I found Wendy Myers, who is also an FDN. So many people I met through FDN that went on to bigger and, you know, deeper things. But I learned about bioenergetics, became a nest practitioner, learned how to do scanning of your biofield and taking emphyseutical remedies. So that, you know, that started to get me to that next level of energy because I was still pretty low in energy. Um, and then I think maybe through Wendy as well, I started looking at trapped negative emotions and emotional traumas and how do you heal those without going to um, you know psychotherapy for years and years, which often doesn't, doesn't really do it. Um, so I got into some emotional healing work and just kept building that toolbox, helping myself, turning other people onto it, um, and then... Then the COVID started, <laughs> and that's where I kind of put my whole practice on hold to get into health freedom and um, kind of the whole truth movement locally with my, my local community um, and became a leader, stepped into leadership, which uh, was an amazing personal growth opportunity for me because I'd always shied away from leadership. But no one else was doing it. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I've got to be the leader that I'm looking for in this arena. And um, so the, the last thing that I got certified in, <laughs> I know it's crazy, all these certifications, but everything has built one thing on top of the other. Actually, there's two last things. One was the Wellness Code Academy that started right as the pandemic hit. That's Jennifer Ella Schutz program. And so, uh, that was incredible because it, it wove together. She did a lot of the same kind of modalities that I did, the bioenergetics, the emotional healing, and then all the foundational stuff that we do with FDN, the diet, the rest, but she brought it all together in this amazing comprehensive program. Um, and then she and I, another FDN went up to Oregon and got, um, It's not certification, but we became facilitators in something called Psych-K. And I'll tell you all about that a little later. But that was kind of like the deepest level I could get to because it gets into the subconscious programming that we all pick up, you know, mostly up until age seven, that can start running the show and causing self-sabotage. So, you know, if you're working with clients that like, They know what to eat. They got your protocol. They know what they're supposed to be doing, but they don't do it. (laughs) Why? You know, they're like trying to use the willpower. And they most often have this self-limiting belief that's totally unconscious that is preventing them from achieving their goals. So doing Psych K was one of the big breakthroughs for me to believe that I could run a successful health coaching practice and actually make money doing it. <laughs> Cause up until then I was just in that mode that I think a lot of us get into of imposter syndrome, you know, just thinking I'm not well enough. I'm not beautiful enough. I, you know, haven't had enough experience, so I, I can't do this. Um, but through psych K process, I was able to break through that. And now I, I just turned 60 and i'm feeling happier and healthier than ever before and i i'm so glad that i have been on this journey since 2012 and just explored so many things and so that's that's the nutshell version
1: <laughs> well hey that's awesome that gives me a lot to unpack and i appreciate you saying your age because I, I can never say it i don't want to but when i was doing the math i'm like this woman does not look at all like you can always tell when something's working right because <laughs> I I was doing the math I'm like, okay I know what she has to be based on what she said but um it's really amazing how many FDNs do not look uh that age that they are at all I think Reed Davis is like the ultimate testament to this right I mean the guy's almost right. 70 for god's yeah. sake he looks amazing he's yeah. running around at conferences yeah. speaking traveling every week um that is a lot yeah. on the body that's In a lot my on head. my body to travel and do stuff all the time, let alone what he's doing. It's, it's pretty cool. Hey, hey, it is Detective Ev here popping in really quick. Maybe you want to be like Reed Davis, like myself, and like Ginny. You could travel all the time, feel really good while doing it. <laughs> what you want to do then is try out the FDN course. And you can do this completely free now by going to fdntraining.com slash tryfdn. What we did is we kind of just came to the conclusion that there are plenty of people, too many unfortunately in a sense, that need this type of information. And so you don't really have to do crazy sales stuff or even crazy marketing stuff. Just let people try it, and the people that want this and need this, they're going to go into the course as a result of getting to see it for free, and those that don't belong here, they're not going to do it, and they have no bad blood because of it, because they didn't have to spend a dime. So go to fdntraining.com slash tryfdn, and you can start the beginning part of the FDN course completely for free, no credit card required. Okay, back to the episode. And I can't wait to dive into the Psych case stuff, but I, I appreciate the story that you just told, because honestly, uh, this is why I love this job. I love getting to hear people's journeys and stuff. But some people have really done that work. And you kind of took so many of the questions that I would have asked normally uh, right out of my head and just gave us this really congruent story that's like, okay, whoa, this is how we got to where we're at. And you're like many of us where we can just go back in time and see how this stuff started so young. And if we if we don't get on top of this, or if we aren't lucky enough to meet someone who kind of helps direct our path, we could deal with this stuff indefinitely. Um, I was in a similar boat in terms of like dealing with this from a young age, five years old, right? And that does, I'm a huge, huge believer in um, the subconscious programming, very big studier of that. I've used it a lot in the business sense, but then I realized eventually, whoa, this can help in any area of your life if you actually buy into it. And so I didn't even know that was the route that we were going to take with the Psyche thing. I think it's highly important and I'm excited even more so now uh, to learn about that. Um, I guess one question I want to ask before we touch into that specific modality is something regarding the victim mentality. Because I think even in our space, although people are more open to the personal development type of stuff and they kind of get out of this, or at least are trying to get out of it. I think it does confuse a lot of people and it even upsets them sometimes. Because some people would look at the story that you just gave and say, well, wait a second. She is a victim. Look at all that stuff that happened to her. So it's not that maybe by definition, someone is not a victim of something, but we're talking about the victim mindset and how that doesn't serve people, I believe. So what is the difference between those things? Can someone be a victim while also, like literally speaking, while also not having a victim mindset? And why does the victim mindset not serve people no matter how bad what happened to them is?
0: Yeah, well, such a good point. Um, So it's not to minimize anyone's suffering or that You know, maybe they did get messed up by a medical procedure. Um, Maybe they did have some things done to them as a child, you know, traumatic things. Um, But if you hold on to that feeling that you, you have no responsibility in that and that, you know, it's looking outside of yourself then it's disempowering, I believe, in the long run. Because, you know, what's to stop something like that from happening to you again? If you feel like at any moment you could become a victim because the world is scary and, you know, you're vulnerable and stuff. I've been able to transcend that mentality. And and you'll see with Psych K that uh, it's about feeling at peace with with whatever's going on and making the best out of it. And looking at uh, trauma or negative experiences, challenges that you've had as opportunities for growth. Just like Reed says about, you know, if there's something going on, we find it on a lab, there's parasites, overgrowth of something. Well, okay, not good, but great opportunity for healing, right? So we, we turn it around, we flip it around, and um, acknowledge acknowledge the pain. We don't stuff that because stuffing emotions and pain really just festers inside you and causes more health issues usually. So it's acknowledging it, um, but then there's a forgiveness almost that needs to come from the, the victim, so-called victim, to the perpetrator that is not for the perpetrator's benefit, it's for your benefit to say, okay, that happened and I'm gonna forgive so that I can move on and then empower myself to learn something from that and figure out, how did I play a role in that? Do I need to set better boundaries? Do I need to educate myself on something? Do I need to tap into my intuition better So that I don't allow that. And do I need to think about my vibration? So I'm all about, you know, raising frequency and vibration by our thoughts and feelings and deeds. And if we stay in the low vibration emotions of despair and depression and, you know, self-doubt, self-deprecation, we attract more of that. And so with with Psyche, I'll explain that sometimes we have to use tools that go beyond just um, mantras, positive thinking, law of attraction type stuff, because that only goes so far. And the reason is because our subconscious runs 95, at least 95% of the show of what's manifesting in your life. So, So those other tools don't always work.
1: Yeah. Well, it's a a great answer. And I love that you use the word it's disempowering, because that's actually the exact way that I look at this. I had some things happen, mostly mental health wise for the majority of that young life, five to 18. And it led to, you know, not graduating high school, uh, going to juvie for a little bit, like it was really bad. And now, I took actions, of course, that led to those consequences, right? But it is also fair to say that if Evan who never had mental health issues, I don't think I would have wound up in those specific situations. I do think that's accurate. I genuinely believe that. But the bottom line is, once the, the bad has happened and the things have occurred, you're left with this. You can look at this as, oh my God, look at all this terrible stuff that's happened. This is awful, unfair, whatever. And you have a very short life, so you can spend your time here dwelling on that. Or if you take responsibility for something, even if it's not your fault, it is is no fault of a five-year-old to ask for panic attacks or severe depression at like 15. No, no one's saying that's anyone's fault, okay? So again, by definition, I'm sure if we looked it up, the word victim would probably apply to a lot of people in a varying way. But leading life with that mindset, You are just re-victimizing yourself over and over and over again, and no one's winning with that. When we blame something or someone else constantly, we take away the power from getting better. And I know this sounds well, won't sound funny to you, but it might sound funny initially to the audience, but I always like to connect this thing from Robert Kiyosaki. He's a guy that wrote a famous book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It's in the self-help space. It's a basic finance book. And I like to connect this one for people because I think it separates it, and then they can get out of themselves for a second and hear what he said. He said that his rich dad, which was like a a friend's dad, more or less, that made a lot of money, was very wealthy. Um, And his poor dad, it was his dad. He loved him, but he just didn't make a lot of money and worked his butt off very hard for not many fruits of that labor. He said to his rich dad one time that he couldn't afford something. And his rich dad said, you don't ever say you can't afford it. You say, how can I afford it? And I'm not saying this is identical, but it is actually conceptually similar to what we're talking about today. When you say... That you cannot afford something you shut off these faculties in your brain and your thoughts and now you have no chance of figuring it out i am not saying that if someone's making fifty thousand dollars a year all of a sudden you're going to change one thought and now you get a ferrari the next day that's ignorant but i know for a fact when i just say well i can't afford it i have shut down any probability of me getting that now versus if i say how can i afford this this is an amazing thing that we have. And for those on audio, I'm pointing to, you know, my brain. But technically, I mean, my mind, which is a separate thing. That's an amazing thing we've been given. And we can really come up with some cool stuff with that. So similarly, the reason I connect that because people can usually see how that's relevant or at least, um, fair a fair enough point wow maybe if i thought about how could i afford it if i sit at 18 and say, man this sucks i can't believe this happened to me this is that it's, it's bs this is a bunch of crap okay well i have shut down all the creative faculties that i've been given as a human being to figure out how to get out of that mess versus saying you know what this does suck it is not my fault but i'm here now i am a capable human being i'm an adult what could i do like you said what role did i play in this what vibration was i operating out of What could I do differently in the future that might not lead me to this situation? And I know this sounds so elementary for certain people. But for me at the time, it was like, okay, maybe I could stop using substances every day. That would probably be a good first step, right? I can control that. You know, maybe I can start talking about my problems instead of uh, repressing them for 13 years. That would be a good step. So you guys already see what I mean. And I, I apologize to go off here because I normally don't like to do much talking on the podcast. But I'm so passionate about what you're saying because it's essential on people's healing journey. Right? When we open up those faculties again and get out of that victim mindset, that is how you heal. And you can heal just about anything. I think this podcast has already proven that, let alone what will continue to prove throughout the years. But you got to get through that. It's the same exact reason there are certain FDNs, I won't mention names, but certain FDNs, and you you know them, Jenny, that have come through. This is the only course they ever take. Those people go off and make, make $200, $250,000 a year. And then others, they got a long list of 15 certifications and they barely taken three clients because they don't feel that they're worthy to actually help people. That is not just a luck thing. Luck is involved in life, I'm not saying that. But that is not just a luck thing. Those people just happen to believe, okay, cool, I can go do this. I can make a business out of this. And they go and do it and they help a bunch of people. Everyone loves them and they're making great money doing it, and then others, you got people that their IQ is off the damn chart, but because of that mindset that they're in, all the certifications in the world, it can't lead to a successful business, so um, I will get off my soapbox. I hope that you found that at least somewhat useful and relevant. Um, and I- Yeah,
0: that was great. Thank you for sharing that. I, I just started um, learning about your journey. Oh. I was checking out some of your other podcasts, oh, well, you. and yeah. so... Wonderful, wonderful what you've done. Yeah,
1: and FDN has been a huge part of that. So just like you said, it's it's cool how many people have been involved in this. Then we go on and do our own thing. So I want to talk about... Yeah,
0: and and I'll say uh, I'm going to use the opposite thing here. That um, Not that you look old at all, (laughs) but for your young age, you are amazing. You've had so much personal growth. So I applaud you for that. I appreciate that. I always
1: say, you know, we can take... It's like taking responsibility for stuff, but then life does... Um, help us out with some luck sometimes. I'll never forget, it was 18 years old, a mentor of mine, like a friend three and a half years older that I was lucky enough to meet, sheer chance, Jenny. He handed me three books and he said, you're going to read these. It was The 10X Rule by Grant Cardone. It was The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy and Thinking Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I'm not saying I understood the depth of any of those books at that time, but I had never even known that successful people wrote books and shared their journey with you for $15. Never even dawned on me didn't read a book since I was like, you know, 12 years old and was forced to, right? And I'm like, whoa, there's stuff out there. And that's that's empowering too when we read other people's journeys. So um, yeah, a lot of luck mixed with some hard work, just like most of us. And I hope that this podcast can be someone's luck. That's one of the reasons I like doing this for FDN, right? By clicking on yeah. this and... Yeah.
0: Can I just say,
1: Please.
0: I don't believe in luck. I think... <laughs> You manifested it for some reason.
1: I just may have. I may have, but I can't get too woo-woo on the podcast sometimes. They might kick me off. No, yeah. I'm kidding. But um, all right, I want to talk about Psyche. I know this is something that you wanted to mention. And genuinely, I I do not know what this is. Um, I have heard it for what I believe is the first time through you messaging me um, when you were talking about me uh, to me what you're doing now. So let's just start off simple. Like, what is this? What do, Does it stand for something? Um, and then again, maybe it's- kind of explaining what that modality actually does and is for.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's PsyCh so K, and it was developed 30 years ago by a gentleman named Rob Williams. And uh, he was doing counseling and things like that, and was looking for a fast and easy way to help people reprogram self limiting beliefs that were causing sabotage. Um, he had looked at, you know, clinical hypnotherapy, things like that, but that seemed like a a more drawn-out, complicated process, and he wanted something that was more streamlined, kind of a a really fast mindset change process. And if you read his book, he describes that it was actually kind of a download that he got because he asked for it. So he got the download and um, wrote it all out and created these processes that you can learn in a workshop up until COVID, you had to go in person to get this training, to either use it on yourself or become a facilitator is what they call it, to work with other people. Um, but now I think you can actually do some online stuff. Times have changed. Um, but so have you heard of Dr. Bruce Lipton by any chance?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I read the biology. Well, I listened to the biology of belief like four or five years ago.
0: Okay. So he's been one of my heroes for a long time. I just love him. And... Talk about empowering to, I mean, he's one of the people that I think he did coin the term epigenetics. So instead of being a victim to our genes, uh, the environment that the DNA is in helps dictate ex- its expression, right? So that not only means the cell, because he was a cell, he is a cell biologist. He studied the, um, the actual environment that the cells were growing in and petri dishes and how when he changed the culture, the expression of a stem cell would change. Um, but then he expanded that out to realize as human beings, the environment that we are living in, including um, you know, our experiences, our beliefs, our thoughts, our words, that all has an effect on our DNA. Uh, So Biology of Belief, yes, it's, you know, a must read for everybody, I think. Um, But he is a huge proponent of Psyche K. So when I heard that, I was like, okay, Bruce likes this. I got to check it out. His newest book is um, The Honeymoon Effect. And so it's about, you know, if you think about when you're in love, you know, new romance. Nothing can ruffle your feathers. You're just like on cloud nine. You feel great. You know, your kids are screaming in the background or something. You're just like, oh, I don't care. <laughs> because you're, you're high on endorphins from being in love or you're on a honeymoon. It's just like the world is perfect. Well, is the world really perfect? Have things changed? Has your situation really changed or has your perception changed? And so it's really about how we want to perceive our circumstances. And we can change that. And when we change that, things change in our body. Our chemistry can change if we are thinking about love and joy and compassion. Um, We create different hormones, right? So uh, the basis of Psyche K is that if if we know that if we change our perception and our thoughts, we can change our life and improve, you know, our health or any goal that we have, whether it's our finances or relationships. How do we do that? Well, there's just being mindful, being conscious of your thoughts. But the reality is, unless you're really good and have done a lot of practice on mindfulness, the reality is at least ninety-five percent of our cognitive activity is coming from the subconscious mind. (laughs) So that's huge. And the subconscious mind processes 40 million bits of data per second, whereas our conscious mind can only do 40 bits. So when you compare those two things, your subconscious mind is a million times more powerful and it's, it's really dictating what you're doing in your life when you're not focusing on something. And the vast majority of us are, during the day, thinking about the past or what we're going to do in the future. We're not so focused on what we're doing, so we're kind of on autopilot. Think about when you're driving your car and you've driven for an hour and you're just like, oh, I don't even remember driving. <laughs> it just got there. Um, but so if there are things in your programming that you received up to age seven is when we're absorbing just we're like sponges getting all this stuff, what if you were told you talked about um doc uh Robert Kawasaki, what if your family believed that only selfish people got a lot of money and were rich? And so if you were really a good person, you're probably going to stay poor. What if that was just reinforced and that become part of your subconscious programming? Then as an adult, you might be doing all the things. You know, you take the business course and you're trying so hard. You're like, yes, I want to be abundant. You're saying your mantras. But you just, you don't follow through with what you're going to do. You keep thinking I'm not good enough. You don't attract the clients. Maybe it's because that subconscious mind is really running the show and dictating your behavior. You're not even aware. It's like your invisible behavior that's causing the sabotage. And so you could go to a hypnotherapist and try to delve into that and do hypnotherapy, but it tends to get really expensive and complicated. And so Rob Williams' process is much more direct. In fact, you can often take a belief that you've had for many, many years and reprogram that with sometimes 15 to 20 minutes of this process that they call balances. There's these balances that we do in Psyche K. And uh, essentially what they're doing is creating a whole brain state. So that's when you're right side of your brain and your left side of your brain are working simultaneously together rather than one being dominant. And when you're in that state, it's like almost being an infant again. You're in this super learning state and you can put new statements, goal statements, programs into your brain, and they actually override the old program. So if the old program was... Um, to be rich I have to be selfish then you put the new program in which is I attract abundance as I serve people honorably something like that you know and we actually use muscle testing so energetic testing if the person is in front of you you have them put their arm out and you do the you know measuring so a lot of people do that for checking supplements and things like that but If you connect to someone's subconscious mind, that subconscious mind knows when something is true or false, it's kind of like the lie detector test. So if it's true, if it's a true statement that the person is making, they will stay strong. Their arm will stay up as you push on it. If their subconscious does not believe that they will go weak and that means they don't believe it that's not a true statement so if i were to test a client to see you know do you believe you can get well and i have them make that statement i am capable of healing and they go weak then we know that there's a subconscious program that's saying no you can't heal you're always going to be sick you're a victim And so we do some processes. Sometimes it's just a few, other times we have to go deeper and get to some some really core beliefs about their worthiness, self-love, connection to source energy, things like that. Um, But eventually we can get to the point where I can have them at the end of the session, either put their arm out if they're in person, or believe it or not, this can be done through Zoom calls or even over the phone, remotely connecting to that person's subconscious. They just have to give permission and we can do that. And there's ways to check to make sure you're connected. But so I can, at the end of the appointment say, okay, repeat after me, I'm capable of healing. And if they stay strong where they had been weak before, we know that we reprogram that limiting belief. And then that person actually sets some action steps that they're going to take over the next couple of days that will help their conscious mind believe that they are actually capable of now um, fulfilling that that goal of healing. And maybe we want to get more specific. I'm going to um, heal this constipation in the next two weeks. And so they do something over the next couple of days to affirm that they um, they do their coffee enema. <laughs> they had been saying, yeah, I'll do that, but I don't know. It kind of creeps me out. I don't want to do it. But once they, they believe they can and that will benefit them, all of a sudden they can follow through with a goal that before they, they could not, for some reason, they had a block and would not ful- uh, follow through with. Does that make sense?
1: It absolutely does. I find it interesting that the muscle testings combined with it. Um, I've had some, I'm a novice with it, but I've had interesting experiences with muscle testing being done on me. And I believe there's something to it, you know, and, and it's tough because I was, oh my God, my whole life such a skeptic of all of this stuff. And now I'm like the biggest, I, I don't even know what you want to call it. Woo woo spiritual type of person in the world. Um, and what I find is, I mean, Truth be told, if you actually do dive into the science, this stuff just becomes more and more scientifically validated by the month, let alone the year. And it's hard to comprehend. There is actually what I found. There can be stuff in science that does not mean that we easily comprehend it as true just because we can read it in the scientific literature. Even Ruth Lipton stuff. You can read that book all you want. But to truly and maybe I'm just speaking for myself to truly digest what you're reading, that's like, whoa like, what does this actually mean? What are the implications of what this just said to me in my uh, day-to-day life? It's pretty fascinating. So I uh, guess it does make sense in as much as it can at this moment, uh, you know, because I'm, I'm really big on this kind of stuff. I use a lot of For for me, what has worked in the past are these like imaginative scenes, right? Where I get into a deep state of meditation and I'm imagining the exact thing that I want. Um, And that has worked. It has worked multiple times, it has worked with highly specific things. It's been pretty fascinating to see it work. So I am always fascinated by new systems or methods that we can use as humans to achieve these results quicker is yes some people could take years and they do get the result that they want and then that's brilliant but then others are able to like turn it on pretty quick and it sounds like this could be a system where ideally it's allowing you to do this a lot quicker than um, other systems in the past so why did this mean so much to you because you're a very well read person you're someone who's been through a lot of different things and yet this was the one that you choose to talk about today and then uh, you know, obviously use in your clients, like what did this do for you that was so profound compared to maybe some of the other stuff that you had been through or done, uh, studied?
0: Yeah. And so I think things happen kind of in a divine sequence. Like I would not have been ready for psych k a couple of years ago. So I had to get introduced to, well, it was actually probably Reed Davis introducing me to EFT way back so I, I um, graduated in 2014 from FDN. Um, so that kind of introduced me to the idea of what we call energy psychology. So there's a whole bunch of modalities, um, EMDR and um, holographic repatterning. So psych K is just one of a, a group. There's probably at least 20 that I can think of now that are you know on, on the horizon here. And you're right. Science is validating all this. Um, it kind of does almost take a spiritual leap to fully, you know, be able to accept that. And quantum physics, when you start looking at that, that starts getting really deep and, and more spiritual in my mind. <clears throat> but so there was an evolution. I did emotion code and body code first before sight k. So those also use muscle testing. You know, you can just do the ring and ring thing or use your arm like that. And, and then uh, Jen, Jennifer, Ella Shoot taught me how to use a pendulum to energy test. And yes, it, it can be um, misused or if the person, you know, doesn't get really grounded, they're not taking it seriously. I don't think the results are always accurate. So you want to make sure you know you're working with somebody that's really taking it serious and had had thorough training in this, and and I have, but I can also recognize on a day that I'm not super grounded before I get in with a client, I've got to stop, I got to hydrate myself because hydration is really important when you're energy testing. I have to do a grounding visualization. I wear my my. Uh, <laughs> harmonize pendants, things like that, um, and take my ego out of it, my bias, and just, you know, ask for help from up above and um, just ask for guidance in getting the best results for the client. And then I give gratitude in advance that we're going to have a great session. We're going to get some really good, good results for the person. So all that really, really counts. Um, but I have to say with site Kate was actually a good friend of mine, Kate Ritter, another FDN <laughs> who went through mold illness with me. We explored all kinds of stuff together and just she would find something and say, hey, did you try this and we'd do that together and then I'd tell her about something but um, she she got into PsychK first and had amazing results with her relationship with her husband and Uh, food sensitivities, all kinds of stuff. So I kind of just, on her recommendation, jumped in. And then um, Jen, Ella Schutz, and Shannon Wallace, FDNs, are ones who, when I told them about Psyche K, they're like, ooh, that sounds good. So we all three went to um, Portland, Oregon together. And we spent that whole summer of, I guess it was 2021, going up to these three different workshops. And Every workshop, we just would leave like, oh my God, the shifts, transformational stuff. Um, The biggest thing for me is a sense of peace and like I can handle anything in life, no matter what. COVID crap, (laughs) you know, the end of the world, all the bickering I have been seeing um, with families and stuff because of the controversy I just take a deep breath, I'll do a psych K um, balance, we call it, and I just, I feel like I can handle it. I feel calm and very connected to source energy. I'm not a religious person, but more than ever, I feel very adamant that um, there's more to life than just this physical world you know, and so that gives me a lot of comfort. I'm not afraid of dying, so I don't have fear about any of that anymore. And I just, I've learned through Psyche K actually, to look at every adverse event in my life as a gift. It's really helped me decide what I want to experience and what I don't want to experience. and it's empowered me and it's always connected me to cool people and new ways of thinking and problem solving and well here's a challenge. You know, let's put on our detective cat, like like what we're doing here, figure out. And you know, thank God for the internet. There's so many things out there. Just when I think I've done it all, Evan, I learned about some other cool modality or you know, way of And if I could clone myself 10 times, I would take every single course that came my way. But I've I've had to learn to say, no, okay, I'm good. I'm not going (laughs) to.
1: I don't know how people are ever uh, bored in today's world. When I hear that, I'm like, are you crazy? Like for me, the internet has been, I don't want to spend all day on it. You know what I mean? But I am just someone who is always been asking questions since i was a kid and it's just it never ends i could spend the rest of my life just asking this question and then leading to that one and this one and be infinitely entertained so um it's pretty cool and i i think what's interesting is i love how people come to their specific thing and who knows maybe in five ten years for you it'll be something else and that's fine but i talk to so many people who do such a variety of different courses and learn so many different modalities and they really find the one that resonates for them and Whatever that is for them, they're able to really serve people because that's like their thing. That's their calling. That was their little missing piece of the puzzle. And it's certainly going to be someone else's missing piece of their puzzle, you know? So I want to be clear for people that are listening who is your ideal client nowadays? Because I'm assuming that you do more than just Psyche with them. I mean, that's obviously a passion of yours, but there's other things there. So, Let's say someone's listening right now and they're like, well, I really like Jenny. I think she's cool. But I I personally, because I haven't asked this yet, I haven't been clear on like who your ideal or target client is. So could we maybe like describe that person? So if they are listening, they realize, oh, OK, I should go work with her.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you for giving me that opportunity. Um, So I do have packages that I offer to people, um, but I also have services. So I, I, because I have all these tools and I haven't been able to just say, I don't want to do this anymore, I still give people the opportunity to just book one session. So if they want to do one session of Psyche or three sessions for a discount, they can do that. They can do emotion or body code. They can do heart math training. So I do help people with that as well. Um, I also have two bioenergetic scanning devices where I can scan their whole um, energy field and send them healing frequencies or help them find remedies that are energetic. So I love all that stuff too. Um, but because Psyche is, I believe so foundational to any healing is to rewire those limiting beliefs. Um, that That's one that I, I kind of really would like to work with people on that are attracted to that type of thing. And usually It seems like it's people that have already done a lot of other modalities and they've made improvements just like I have with every single thing that I've done. I've never been something that I felt like, wow, that was a waste of time and money. I've always gotten something out of it. But, you know, if you're like me and sounds like you too, just want to keep getting to that next level of wellness and vibrancy, right? And so if someone's already done a lot and they're, they feel like they've kind of conquered, conquered many of their kind of lower level health issues, and they're now looking for their purpose, their passion, their mission in life, they want to make sure they don't have any negative programming that could be holding them back from any of their goals. I really like working with those kind of people. And a lot of times they are people that are already practitioners or, you know, been on this journey for a while. Um, And if it's somebody who wants kind of a comprehensive package, I have one for people that don't have enough energy physically, you know, like tired, uh, but it's a little bit of play on words and that we're helping their energy field. (laughs) so that they can have energy for life. So I have that program. It's nine sessions. And basically we customize that to what they're attracted to out of those modalities. I have them look at my website and read about everything. What what sounds like it resonates with you. Uh, If they don't know, we can use energy testing to see, you know, where to start. A lot of times we want to start with um, their core beliefs with the site K Do you have enough self-love and things like that? Do you feel supported by the universe? Um, But then we can also bring in the bioenergetics. We can also do food testing. I still do, you know, some Zoomers with people, especially the wheat Zoomer, because sometimes that's the missing piece that they're never looked at. They don't realize they might have hidden wheat in their life that's causing inflammation. So we can still go down those routes. Um, And then I have another package for people that want to step into their power, their authenticity, and really um, feel capable of speaking their truth, whether it's in their business or with their family, whatever. So then we customize that package. But they're both like nine sessions that they can use over a six-month period as often as they want, and I offer email support in between. And so, yeah, those are my ideal people to work with.
1: Very cool. Wonderful. Um, and of course, we'll have this in the show notes, but I always like to ask it explicitly. when, uh, Where can people find you if they want to get in contact or learn more?
0: Yeah. So my website is newvibrantyou.com. Mm-hmm. And when you go there within a couple of minutes, you'll see a pop-up where you can put in your email and receive a PDF of my morning routine for vibrant energy. Sweet, And you'll get that. And you can do a a discovery call. I offer a free 30-minute discovery call so that we can, you know, just talk and see if I'm a person that can help you, what your goals are, and just have a little chat.
1: Cool. All right. And then, Ginny, our our time flew by today. It's probably because I'm highly interested in the topic. So I thought this was cool. I appreciate you coming on. But I do want to finish up with the signature question on the Health Detective Podcast. And that question is this. If, in this case, we could give you, Ginny, a magic wand – And you could get every single person in this world to do one thing for their health, whether that's literally do one thing or uh, stop doing one thing. What is the one thing you'd get them to do?
0: Of course, it's hard because there's so many things. But I have come to believe that getting in nature and especially barefoot if possible, or at least touching a tree, getting your hands in the soil Connecting with nature as often as you can is critical. I mean, it's as important as sleeping and eating and all that other stuff. But that's what we've lost in today's modern society. We're, we're just, I love my computer too, <laughs> believe me. But if we're, you know, at our desk, at the computer too long and not getting outside, sunshine, fresh air, you'll...
1: I think so many of us definitely have the. Well, I shouldn't say this universally, but I think a lot of us have the nature thing down more than the average person, that's for sure. I mean, I know how good I feel when I'm outside. I try to walk constantly. Even in winter, that's just something I always do. But one of the things that I've definitely missed out on is the grounding and earthing thing. i got to figure out a practical way to do that more. There is a huge tick problem where I live, <laughs> so I just need to like douse my feet and legs in tick spray and then you know, put them in the grass and read out there or something because it seems like it'd be so easy and simple to do and yet I never get it done. Or I got to find a good brand of shoes that does grounding for you and not saying it does it for you but you know what i mean allows you to ground through that material so if anyone has any brand recommendations shoot me a comment uh, on podbean search for the health detective podcast on podbean you can leave us a comment there you can also leave a suggestion for a uh, guest interview or topic just so you know but if you have grounding shoes let me know which ones you like <laughs> now with that said i hope you guys enjoyed this interview and information if you do like what we're sharing please consider leaving us a five star review on apple and or spotify If you would be so kind as to do that, I'll tell you this, we'd love you even more than we already do. I'm looking forward to talking to you guys again soon, but until then, take care.